Praise God, praise God. Joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen, amen. Let's read our declaration together. Father God, I thank you that I prosper in all things and in health, even as my soul, mind, will, and emotions prospers. Amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your spirit, Father, that comes in here. Father, we open our hearts today and just to ask you to come on in. Just come on in and have a seat. Do whatever it is that you want to do in this building today, God. Transform us from the inside out, Lord. Uh, we don't want to go anywhere without your presence. We don't want to move without you, Jesus. And so we just thank you for filling this house today, God. I pray that every person in here, Lord, feels the, the provision of heaven in their lives today, God. We thank you that healing is taking place in this place today. Father, we thank you that restoration is happening right here in this house today, God. We thank you, Father, that our eyes are focused on you and you alone, Father. We're here to, to have a new experience with you today, God. And so we just thank you and we bless you. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go to uh, Ezekiel 47. We're going to go, um, uh, I've got a couple verses here. We're not a couple. I've got uh, eight or nine. We're going to go um, Ezekiel 47, 1 through 9. All right, and it says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east, and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and, and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the water, wherever the river goes. Today, I just want to talk to you guys about the deep water. Ezekiel was a prophet in exile, and Jerusalem had been invaded and conquered by the Babylonians. They had devastated the city, they had, had destroyed the temple at this time, and they took thousands captive to Babylon. So the people at this time wanted to return to Jerusalem, 
But Ezekiel told them that before they returned home, they needed to return to God. So Ezekiel has, if you ever read Ezekiel, man, he's, God gave him some crazy, vivid, like, visions. And um, this, visions that were just showing hope and, and restoration uh, for the nation. And this right here was one of those visions that we just read in, in verses 1 through 9. And it starts with this, with this angel taking Ezekiel to see this new temple. Right? Remember I said the old temple had been destroyed, completely destroyed at this time. So as the angel is giving him this, this heavenly realm tour of this new and improved temple, Ezekiel notices that there's water coming from beneath the threshold of the temple door. And the water is going towards the desert. It's important to note the origin of the water. It's coming from the temple. Amen. So what that's, what that's telling us is that this source of healing that he talked about at the end of the verse, at the end of this passage, the source of restoration, it isn't, it isn't a palace building, it isn't, it isn't a bank, it isn't uh, a government building, it's not even a church building. Our only source of true power is the water, right? Which is the representation of the power and the presence of God, Amen. Now, as this, as this vision goes on, this, this trickle of water became a river. And the angel starts to measure this river, and each time he measures it, it, it becomes wider and deeper. Right? The first time, it's, it's, it's ankle deep. The second time, it's knee deep. The third time, it's waist deep. Until he can't even stand in this river, right? He could only swim. And I think a cubit is, is about a third of a mile, okay? So by this time, he's from where this water started to trickle, he's about a good mile out. And what the Lord is showing us here is that there's different dimensions in our walk with him. Amen? There's different dimensions in our walk with him. There's some people that will only go ankle deep. Right? They've received Jesus. They're saved. They're going to heaven. But there's things that are holding them back on the shore, on the shore that they refuse to let go of and go deeper into the things with God. Like if, if you're splashing around in ankle-deep water, you, you're missing out. You're missing out on, on God's best for you if you splash around in ankle-deep water. Some will only go knee-deep and some will go waist-deep. And what that tells me for the people who are going waist deep is you just half in and half out, right? It's speaking to those people that understand that there's more in Jesus. Like you feel this pull and this tug at your heart, but they, you won't completely surrender to the Holy Spirit. If this is you, if either one of these are you, I just want to encourage you today. Like let today be the day that you set all things aside in your life and go deeper in the river with, with the Lord. Now, I want to be clear that, that God loves you just the way you are, but he also loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. Amen? He wants to bring you into this deeper relationship with him. And the Lord just spoke to me and said that, that, that many of us feel this pull at our heart, but we're afraid of the cost. We're just afraid of the cost of the calling on our lives. 
Like you're afraid what might happen if you truly go all in with Jesus. But God just wants you to know that Jesus is worth more than anything that you're afraid of losing. He's worth more. And he wants you to know that there is more for you, but you got to take the plunge. You got to get in the river. You got to go so deep that, that you no longer can stand on your own two feet, but you are carried by the power and the love of God so that his plans and his purposes are fulfilled in your life. There's, there's blessings in the deeper life. You hear me? There's blessings in the deeper life. Right? The creator is in love with his creation. He's in love with his creation. There's an American composer by the name of Irving uh, Berlin. Some of you may recognize the name. But he's without question one of America's most prominent songwriters. He wrote iconic songs like God Bless America. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Irving Berlin is immortalized as a songwriter and a music composer. Toward the end of his life, he lived to be 101. Toward the end of his life, he was asked, of all the interviews that you've done, what question would you have liked to have been asked that you didn't get a chance to answer? And Irving Berlin thought for a moment, and he said, of all the interviews that I've done, no one has ever asked this question. And the question was this, of all the songs that he wrote that were not hits, what did he think of those songs? God bless America. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Cheek to cheek. Scores of, 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 Broadway, of musicals and, and American films. And Irvin Berlin's answer was, of all the songs that I wrote that were not hits, I loved them just as much as the other songs. They, they were just as wonderful as the ones that became hits. And I'm here to tell you that everybody in here today, in here this morning, won't be viewed by the world as hits. We won't be viewed as the world by hits. But God made each one of us, and he loves each one of us just the same. Amen? Amen. He loves each one of us just the same. So if your life were a song, what would its title be? A lot of us have been through so much, and, and we've come out smiling on the other end, right? Our title might be Singing in the Rain. A lot of us have... We're just so determined. You have determination just to trust God no matter what. Your song might be Blessed Assurance. Some of us have done enough to be in jail right now or dead, right? But God has saved us. Our title might be Amazing Grace. But whoever you are, whatever you've done, no matter how much your life has spun out of control, you may not be a hit in the eyes of the world, but if you love, trust, and obey God, he will take you into a deeper life with him, and he is absolutely in love with you no matter what you've done. Every one of us ought to want a deeper relationship, a deeper walk with God, a deeper experience of his grace, a deeper revelation of his word. 
This text right here teaches us that if we walk with God, he will take us deeper. Amen? And the water in here, this is a metaphor for life because water is life. And the deeper you go on the water, the deeper life experiences we'll have. Because this is what God can't do. God can't show us something until he takes us deeper. Right? Like I might be afraid, but I need to just go deeper. Why? Because life is deeper than ankle deep. Life is way deeper than knee deep. It's, it's, it's way deeper than, than waist deep. We need to get in over our heads in a place where only the Father can carry us out. We went to Universal Studios a couple of years ago, and I, some of you may remember this story, but we went there a couple of years ago, and we went to uh, Volcano Bay, I think it's called. It's their water park. And it's called Watery Beach, and they have this, this ride there where it's not a ride, but it's big old pool, and there's just a hundred, uh, hundreds of people just kind of like loafing around in this pool. But there's a big wall there, and I don't know if you guys remember the wave that used to be at Cedar Point, but it's like that. There's a big wall up there, and about every 20 minutes or so, it, it had a tiki theme, you know, so about every 20 minutes or so, they would ring this gong, gong, and all the guys would just start, you know, and this big wave would just come out of the wall, you know, and these waves would just come. And my son Braxton, he had been out there, but he kind of, he was hanging out in the shallow end for a while. And he asked me, he said, Dad, come on out, man. Come on out. Let's go out here. And I said, sure. And so we went out there, and the deepest part of it is about five feet, you know. A couple of years ago, my son wasn't this tall. Stand up. Look at him now. Ooh, look at you, boy. He wasn't as tall a couple years ago, you know. He was, he was down here, so it was about five feet, five feet high. So the wave came, and, and, and Braxton sat there in the middle, and he was kind of bobbing at first, you know. And he went to go jump, but he miscalculated the wave. And the wave went over his head. And he went back down, and he went to jump again. And the wave went over his head again. He stayed underwater. And he went to jump again, and I saw him, and I kept reaching over towards him. He went to jump again, and the wave went over his head again. And he stayed underwater, and he looked up at me, and I looked down at him, and I reached down, and I grabbed his hand. He grabbed my hand, and I pulled him up on, on, on my shoulder, on my shoulders here. I pulled him up, and then I just, I carried him through the crowd. I carried my son through the crowd and set him down until I got him to a place where he was safe, where he could reach the ground. And I looked at verse 3, and I almost missed this, but God showed me this while I was studying this week. Verse 3 says, And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. He brought me through the waters. I think verse 4 also says, where's verse 4? Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. He brought me through the waters. This verse doesn't say he, he brought me in the water. He brought me through the waters. There's a difference. There's a difference of going in and going through, right? Like if you've ever been through, you know what I'm talking about. If you've been through something, you know what I'm talking about. God might bring you in, but if you stick with God, he'll bring you through. You understand? 
Anybody ever been through? Anybody in here ever been through? You ever been through the fire? You ever been through the storm? You ever been through the rain? You ever been through the abuse? You ever been through the trouble, through the divorce, through the heartache, through the financial troubles? You ever been through? If you stick with God, He will bring you through the waters. As this, this vision progresses with, this, with the prophet Ezekiel, the angel takes him out of the river. Like that doesn't mean that, that Ezekiel loses the presence of the river because once you're submerged in the river and allow yourself to be carried by this life-giving river, you suddenly carry the river with you. You hear me? You suddenly carry it with you. Once you're in the river, the river will be with you. Jesus said it like this in John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you. Amen. Then he said in John 7, 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a steward of the presence of God, and now you carry the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. You, you, be, you become the temple that the water begins to flow from. I love what the angel, what he does next in verse 6. He asked Ezekiel, he said, have you, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Then he brings him out of the water and takes him to the bank of the river, right? And Ezekiel said he saw many trees on both sides of the river. Do you remember him saying that before he went into the river? The trees weren't there, right? This is a desert. The trees weren't there before he went into the river. So the river that's coming from the temple flowing through the desert is bringing life wherever it goes. It's bringing life wherever it goes. Those trees weren't there before. So as Ezekiel was changed as he was in this river, so his landscape around him also changed. And I feel like the Lord just wants somebody in here to know that, that as you go deeper in the things of God, your life is changed. Amen? But not only your life, okay, the world around you begins to change. Your circumstances begin to change. Your family around you begins to change. Your friend groups begin to change. The whole landscape around you will begin to change. Once I got in the river, my language, it changed. My thoughts changed. My heart, it changed. My habits began to change. My address actually changed. My wardrobe changed. My bank account, it changed. She's in control of it now. Everything around you will change. God's entrusted us. He's entrusted in us gifts and talents. And wherever we go, carry in the presence as a steward of the rivers of living water, God will use your life to make barren places fruitful. Yeah. He'll use you to bring life to places where there was only death. He wants to use you to turn deserts into gardens. Amen? So just like the, the angel Ezekiel, or asked Ezekiel, do you see it? 
I ask you today, church, do you see it? Do you see it around you? Do you see the change happening around you? Because if you don't, if you don't see the change happening around you, you need to make it a point today to go deeper. You need to make it a point today to get closer. You got to let go of all the sin. You got to let go of all the fear in your life. Let go of anything that's holding you back from going deeper with the presence of God, from getting intimate with him. Notice what Ezekiel, what he did was there was a progression in this vision. The river became wider and wider and deeper as Ezekiel moved forward. There was, there was an increase as he responded to the vision, right? The river started as this small trickle, a small stream of water. And sometimes what God is doing in our lives may seem little or insignificant. And we, we, we do, we wonder, we wonder, like, God, did you, did you even promise these things to me? Why don't, I, why don't I see the healing I've been waiting for? Why don't I... When are the promises supposed to come to pass in my life? But with Ezekiel, the increase happened as the prophet went deeper in the river. And the word that the Lord gave me was that some of us feel like we're waiting on God, but actually God is waiting on us. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to go come deeper. He's waiting on us to say, yes, Lord, and actually mean it. I'll do it and mean it. He's been waiting on you to go deeper so you can experience this increase from his presence, the increase from the anointing. So ask yourself, what's holding you back today from going deeper with God? And I'm not not talking about the deeper that you experienced last year, because God wants to do something new in your life today. He's doing something new in your life every single day. He's trying to get you to leave the safety of, of the shallow end of the river. If you choose to abide in him, you'll begin to see an increase in your life. Amen? Amen. I've been through seasons. I've been through seasons of deliverance. I've been through seasons of of being stretched. I've been through seasons of God just showing me that he can do exceedingly abundantly, far more than I can ask, think, or imagine. But I just believe today that we are in a season of going deeper with God. And it's showing from the, 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 the class that we're doing downstairs with the emotional, healthy spirituality, like it's showing. So I believe that this is just a season of going deeper with God. And listen, if you're, if you're going to go deeper with God, let me, just, let me just warn you that going deeper with God will bring discomfort. It'll bring discomfort. God's called me to do some stuff that's been very, very, very uncomfortable. I mean, whoever was that trip to hell, he's called me to do some very uncomfortable things. He's put me in situations that have just made me feel awkward and and weird, you know? Uh, Some of the things I even feel like, like, man, I could have done without that, but you know what? Here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me. 
But if you're ready to step into what God has for you and, and you're saying, God, I'm just, I'm just ready to go deeper with you. I'm tired of, of playing it safe. I'm tired of playing in the shallow water. You need to know that it will bring discomfort. But see, God is more committed to your calling than he is committed to your comfort. And often when he tries to guide us into what he has for us, he'll bring us into this deep water where things are very, very uncomfortable. Going deeper means that some of us are going to have to let go of some stuff that's been holding, we've been holding on to, right? Because holding on to those things is causing you to sink. And God is saying, if you would just let go of that thing and take hold of my hand, I'll get you to where I'm trying to take you in my speed. Going deeper means that some of us are going to have to in some of the relationships that we've been stuck in because those people can't swim. And because they can't swim, they want you to hang out in knee-deep water with them. But my blessings ain't in knee-deep water. My blessings is in deep, deep water. All my trust is over here in Jesus. Listen, he'll help you walk away from some things that are actually distractions. They're distractions disguising themselves as opportunities. I'm here to tell you today that it's going to cost you to go deeper. Going deeper is always going to cause a level of discomfort. You might just want to get comfortable being uncomfortable. But I believe that the God's saying, go deeper this season at church on the North Coast. Like deeper in his, in his knowledge, the knowledge of him. Deeper in your hunger for him. Deeper in the desire for him. Deeper in your trust in him. Here's what we need to understand in our lives. That this is that nothing is ever neutral. Right? Nothing's ever neutral in your life. Our lives are never just here, right here in the middle, Right? We're deciding, you know, oh, I'm good. I'm, I don't want to go. I don't want to go deeper. I don't want to go shallow. I'm straight right here. But that's that's not the case. You you can't just sit here in the middle. You're always moving or drifting somewhere. Either you're moving intentionally closer to the things of God, or you're drifting further away from what God has for you. So so whether you like it or not, you have to pick your deep. You got to pick your deep. And the only reason that we, that we, I'll say I, but the only reason I stay in ankle-deep water is because of my faith. We, we just don't, we don't trust him when we stay in ankle-deep water, right? We don't believe that he loves us that much. We don't, we don't believe that he'll provide for all of our needs. We don't believe that he'll heal us. We don't believe that he'll keep our heads above water. But it's time for the church to move out of the little faith end of the river and into perfect faith, where no matter what waves of life hit us, we continue to pursue the Lord and go deep with him. Go deeper. Amen? When we stay in ankle-deep water, we miss out on God's best in our lives, y'all. We miss out. So you have to. You have to decide. Like, do you want to be deeper in the things of God and what he has for you? Or do you want to be deeper in depression? Do you want to be deeper in anxiety? Do you want to be deeper in fear, debt, and drama? 
Or do you want to just say, God, you know what, I have this opportunity to strategically focus and say, i got to do something to make sure that I am going deeper with you and then go deeper. The other thing going deeper is going to do is it's going to trigger, I'm sorry, deeper, going deeper is triggered by desperation. Going deeper is triggered by desperation. How many of you know that there's something about desperation that'll make you say, God, I am so tired of a shallow relationship with you. I need, I need you in my life. You see, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was driving 80 miles per hour on 90 West with suicidal thoughts till it made me pull over and shout out to him, God, I need you. I need you in my life. There's something about desperation. See, I, I, never, I never thought that I would be in that situation. And if I'm completely honest with you, I, used, I would judge people that wanted to hurt themselves or people that, 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 that took their own lives. But a lot of us don't even know what our own triggers are until we do. And the reality is that, that life will bring trouble. Life will bring, it'll bring pain, it'll bring suffering. But what I discovered here in this study is, is I think the beauty of the pain is the desperation it produces to make me go deeper. I love this verse in Psalm 107. It's a psalm that was written to celebrate the Jews, the Jews' return from their exile in Babylon. And it speaks of people in distress and, and how God rescued them. And Psalm 107.6 says, Then, in your desperate condition, you called out to God. He got you out in the nick of time. When your conditions are desperate, it'll cause you to go deeper than you have ever gone with, with the Lord. There, there's nothing, there's nothing like your wife laying on the surgical table, having cancer removed from her body. It, it'll cause you to just begin to declare that your region is cancer-free. There, there's nothing like your child dealing with depression, right? It'll make you pray for a generation, an entire generation, to be set free and experience the freedom and the joy of the Lord. There's something about you personally dealing with something that'll make you have empathy for someone else that's dealing with that thing. And we're all dealing with something. I'm telling you from the pulpit to the soundboard, we're dealing with something. There's something about going through stuff, the desperation that'll, that'll make you go deeper than you've ever gone. It'll just make you say, God, like just like my physical body needs water, I need your presence. I need your presence in my life. I can't be a husband without your presence. I can't be a father without your presence. I can't be a pastor without your presence. I can't be a business owner without your presence. I am nothing without you, Lord. 
It's something about desperation. And when, and when your deep calls to his deep, he will show up. He will show up and bring healing into your situation. You got to go deeper. Whatever it is you, whatever water you're in right now, I'm telling you, go deeper. Just go deeper. It don't matter how deep you are, how far the water is above your head. When you cry out, when you cry out to the Lord, he hears your cries. He will incline to you and he will pull you out of whatever situation you're in. He'll pull you through the water. The trees that Ezekiel saw on the riverbank, they weren't ordinary trees. Later in the text, Ezekiel says, I think it's in uh, 47.12, yeah, it says, but the river itself on both, on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't wither, the fruit won't fail. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be the food and their leaves for healing. Their leaves for healing. Later on in Revelation, Revelation 22, John is describing the new heaven and the new earth. And there it says, uh, uh, the tree of life was planted on each side of the river, producing 12 kinds of fruit, a ripe fruit each month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations. God is telling us that wherever this river goes, it brings healing, healing in your life. You got to go deeper. That river is available to you and to me today. It is the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. The river is completely open to you today. It's completely accessible for you to get in the river. You just got to get in the river. The vision doesn't stop there. The Bible says that the prophet sees the river going toward the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is the lowest place on earth and it has no outlet. So the water that comes in, it just evaporates because of the dry, uh, uh, hot, dry conditions and leaving behind all the minerals, right? So it's eight times saltier than any other ocean on the earth. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Nothing can live in that environment. Nothing. No, no fish, no plants, no, uh, nothing lives in the Dead Sea. But this, but this river goes into the Dead Sea. And here's this picture of life meeting death. And life overcomes death, right? And the Dead Sea, it says it's healed. The Dead Sea is healed and suddenly becomes the living sea. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. 
there will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. Listen, church, I'm going to close. I just need you to get in the river. I need you to get in the river. I need you to go deep. I need you to stop worrying about what you left on the shore. Stop coming back. Stop jumping in the river ankle deep and then kind of walking in and then walking back just to get whatever it is that he told you to leave there in the first place. But you seem to care more about that thing than what he has for you. I'm telling you, whatever he's got for you, church, is far better than whatever you left back on this seashore. You need to leave it there, walk into the things of God. Leave it, just walk into the things of God. There are people in your family that are relying on you to go deep. There's healing that's not happening in your family because you won't go deep. We have to get in the face of Jesus every single day. We have to stay in the Word of God every single day. We have to ask him to just reveal himself to us every single day. Stop putting your hand in the water and sprinkling on me. Get in. Just get in. The river of God went to the lowest place on earth. The Spirit of God is willing to meet you at your lowest places of desperation. It's willing to meet you at your lowest places of hopelessness. It's willing to meet you at your lowest places of pain. Stand with me. It'll meet you at your lowest places of pain just to bring resurrection power to the dead things in your life. So I'm just going to encourage you today Get out of ankle-deep water. Get out of little faith water. And go deeper with the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that this week, Lord, you would help us be courageous enough to follow you into the deep places, God, that you've called us to. I pray, Father, that we would have a deeper desire, Lord, to sit with you, a deeper desire to, to listen for your voice, a hunger, Lord, to spend time in your word. I pray, God, that we would get comfortable being uncomfortable, or being uncomfortable, Lord, no matter what the waves of life look like. Help us to move out of the shallow waters and into the deep, deep, deep waters. I pray, Father, that our our deep brokenness, God, will cry out to your deep restoration power. I pray, Father, that our, our deep depression will cry out to your deep joy that only is only found in you. I pray, Lord, that our, our deep worry, God, will cry out to the deep peace surpasses understanding, Father. We'll go wherever you call us. We'll do whatever you want us to do, Lord. We just don't want to be without you. I pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself to us this week 
that you would open the eyes of our heart, God. That we would gaze at your beauty, Father. That you transform us from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Rest in your arms, rest in the river of life. We thank you for loving us, God. We bless you and we love you. In your priceless, matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. If you guys need prayer, we're going to have some of our pastors and altar ministers up here to pray with you. Thank you guys for coming out today. Remember, we have EHS, Emotional Healthy Spirituality, every Saturday for the next six weeks. We would love to have you guys come out. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We'll see you all next week.